Hello and welcome to episode four of the Kiowa Japan podcast. I am one of your hosts, Nick Overacker, and we have also speak Tyler Mayberry, also a host. And we have our non-host, a guest, you might even say, Daniel so-and-so from, well, from around here. But uh, speak, Daniel. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Okay, and uh, Daniel is uh, currently living in Sapporo, Japan. Uh, That's in the Hokkaido prefecture, the northernmost island of Japan. Well, uh, I I don't know that for sure. The northernmost uh, large major island of Japan. And uh, a very cold place right now. You said it just snowed a meter, didn't you? Uh, over the past several days. Oh, over yes. the past several days. Okay, that's that's a little bit better than overnight, but uh, that's still a little different a lot. overnight. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. anyway, let's just jump into this thing. So, Daniel, back in your day, what first got you interested in Japan? Well, to be honest, I was kind of having a, a crisis in college figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I really didn't have any idea what I wanted to study. I failed some engineering-related classes uh, and programming-related stuff, and I was kind of left wondering what to do. So... Really, it's kind of in a moment of clarity. Uh, one summer night, I was watching some movies. Uh, actually, the two movies are Lost in Translation and Seven Years in Tibet, which are both movies about uh, a person who kind of goes on a journey and is kind of troubled and comes back a different person. And uh, especially the movie Lost in Translation kind of inspired me to be interested in Japan. And uh, really overnight, I started studying Japanese. I just, I, huh. like I said, it's had a moment of clarity. I, I can't really explain it any better than that, to be honest. Uh, I mean, that. And right good. away, I started studying Japanese language. And it was, you know, for the first time in forever you know i was like wow i really enjoy doing this even though it's it's technically studying or uh you know it's yeah, academic I, I, I was like wow i was so into it <laughs> so that led to uh to actually taking japanese after the summer was over uh i actually ended up dropping all of my other classes except Japanese, which were still engineering related because I hadn't changed my major yet. And you, uh, man, I can go down that path. Well, I mean, I hadn't decided to study abroad yet. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know I was going to end up here and stuff, but I was, hmm. I had found studying Japanese was, you know, for the first time in my life is really the only thing in any school related stuff ever that I love. I could honestly say that I loved. And, uh, and I would which do year, it. <laughs> which which year of college was this? Uh, that you... was, oh my gosh. <laughs> You're really putting making me feel like an older person now. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, just like juniors, <laughs> sophomores. Oh, 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 oh. No, not, uh, not years. Don't date yourself. <laughs> 
it was actually in 2005, I think, is when all this happened. And I was a sophomore. Okay. Or so, junior. Sophomore okay. or junior. Okay, so, exactly. so you had already committed to uh, your major for quite a while at that point. Yeah, I took, I took crisis. Yeah, I was, you know, uh, a full year into engineering before I realized that, wow, yeah. I really stink yeah. at math. And well, it's I was also a, not something I like doing. I was actually a pretty similar boat as you. This Japanese really kind of helped me pull through college and kind of was a light for me and something that I enjoyed doing. Cool. Oh, so you yeah. had a similar experience. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Okay. So all three of us started as engineering. I'm, I'm still engineering because it, it's the thing I enjoy. The important thing is doing what you enjoy. Um, so um, not to drag this off topic, but Daniel, were you by any chance electrical engineering? Was that your, your major? Yeah. Electrical with computer uh, option. Which all right, is, all three guess, of us. You know, com- the computer yeah, engineering. We all started on that. That's funny. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so, yeah, we're similar. Another interesting thing about you is that you were the one that pioneered the partnership with Shinshi University and OSU. Yeah, and it was uh, kind of a quirk, to be honest, because that was not my initial a choice of college there was two okay. main really two main options which Gadai, which is really popular across you know many different countries and many universities and then University, very, which was it's very popular university in japan for all foreign students and japanese students wanting to learn english yeah it's a it's in a very uh it's a huge city, um, Osaka. Well, Osaka Prefecture, anyway, um, which is basically one large city, if not technically. Um, and it's a, I mean, it's a nice looking school. Lots of things going for it, really. But uh, okay, I, what was the I other? personally. What was the other option you're talking about, Daniel? Uh, Shinsha University. Okay. And they they had not had a program set up yet. They were in the like initial, I guess, just c- communication, you know, cross college communication. But no students had been exchanged yet, and no staff had visited yet. So uh, I applied for Kansai Gaidai once I realized how much I love studying Japanese and wanted to <laughs> study it for real, and uh, I got rejected. Because of my low GPA, because oh. I because I'd been failing a bunch of or not doing very good in a bunch of engineering classes. So it was a silver lining in that uh, once that happened, I went back to the study abroad office and I told them, you know, I I had to go to Japan. You know, I was willing to do anything. And they said, well, we've got this uh, Shinshi University. The program's not set up. You, you actually, they said, you actually risk getting zero credit for the whole year you're there if hmm. you go. They're, they're like, there's a 50-50 chance. You know, it might, we might be able to work this system and it might not work. But I took the chance, took the risk, and uh, it was wow. the best decision I ever made in my entire life. Wow. It was actually, the, I feel it was the, you know, the greatest 
educationally, as far as expanding my education about learning about the world, myself, academic, across all things, the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. I learned more going down that path than anything else I've done. Hmm. So, yes, I think yeah. So I attest to that. Yeah, that's it's quite the quite the risk to step out on, but but yeah, it's a it's obviously paid off in your life. Um, you've you went back, you lived there for what was it, six seven years? Uh, after that, after a, about eleven month, Shinshu University, uh, graduated back in Oklahoma, yeah. and then after that went back to work in Matsumoto again, which is the city where Shinshi University is. And I ended up staying there doing all different kinds of stuff for over six years after that. Okay. And now, uh, went... Oh, con- continue. Yeah, now I find myself in, in Japan once more. So it's definitely yeah. a pattern. Okay, so so let's step back in a bit. And uh, um, I'm really curious about the early parts of the uh, Shindai program. So uh, tell us okay. about your time studying in, in Japan, your time at Shinshu University as a student. Well, I didn't really know what to expect when I got there. I had all, you know, I looked through like, fo- you know, the photo group on Shinji University's website to try to actual pictures of like what it looks like on campus. Yeah. But other than that, I really had no idea what to expect. I'd read people's blogs about traveling in Japan, studying abroad, teaching yeah. English and stuff like that. And read, you know, so kind of knew what the stereotypical things were to expect about like convenience stores and uh, mm-hmm. vending machines and all that kind of stereotypical stuff, which, you know, yeah, a lot of that is kind of the way that is, is described online or whatever. But yeah. Uh, it's, I was totally surprised about what kind of place it was. It was not like I had Im- imagined my head. Uh, I was stricken at first by the beauty of it. Uh, you know, Japan is full of mountains everywhere. And I just, I felt it was so beautiful. I'd never lived around mountains before and, uh, the area was awesome. So that was really kind of one of the first things I, I fell in love with and noticed, um, as far as like everyday life and starting school, it, at first it was overwhelming, you know, and I, there were so many new things that literally just staring at the floor is like, Whoa, it's a Japanese floor, you know, it's a Japanese <laughs> uh, door handle, you know, wow, that's different. You know, everything was different. Every square inch of everything was different. I can't really say like I was, you know, Everything, everything was just all at once was new. Yeah. Uh, I had to literally learn how to use the toilets all over again, you know, so I I was learning everything (laughs) all over again. You definitely have to have an open mind if you're, you know, uh, prone to whininess and stuff. You know, it can be tough, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of funny you talking about a uh, you know oh uh, Japanese door Japanese floor um, because I, I remember times when I was walking down a road in Japan I'm looking at things like say uh, the bricks on a building it's like hmm I don't know if I've touched a Japanese brick before 
Go over and touch it. Now I've touched a Japanese brick. (laughs) 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 Just being sure of getting, you know, the full. Did it it feel like a Japanese brick? (laughs) It it felt like a brick and it was in Japan. Um, (laughs) Well, and that's thoughts like that. Yeah, and that's a base, you know, that's a basic description of it, but that surpasses onto many other levels when it comes to relationships yeah. with people, friendships, yeah. uh, food, the culture, the buildings you go to, the things you do, the sites you see, yeah. all of that. You can all boil it down to it's just like touching a Japanese brick wall for the first time. It's just like that, yeah. but for everything. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's yeah, everything everything like you said everything is at least a little different. Um, there's, I can't think of anything that's ex- exactly the same in Japan. Um, and there it, it isn't just, anything exactly the same in Japan. That's what makes it such a, such an experience over there. Yeah. Just living it really, at first, something new. it really did feel like, you know, it was on a, it could have been. You know, it's on the other side of the world, but it might as well have been on another planet. Is what I felt like at yeah. first. You know, I might as right. well have been on Mars or something. But in retrospect, looking back after spending several years, many years in Japan, the way I feel about Japan now and the way I experience it now, it doesn't feel like that anymore. It doesn't feel as as different. Of course, because I'm used to it and stuff. But yeah. Uh. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's trying to do the same thing. They just want to they want to have a happier life and they, you know, everybody works hard and uh, you have to do your homework. You have to go to work. You got to do your dirty laundry. You know, everybody's kind of the end of the day. The human experience in that aspect is the same. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, politics in a way, you know, everyone wants to do the same thing, wants to accomplish the same thing in the end, you just have different ideas of how to do it, different ways of doing it. Um, except unlike politics, I think there's, um, you know, there's some things in politics where someone with perfect knowledge can say, this is the right way, this is the wrong way. Um, but with, you know, things like the way things are done in America versus Japan, it's, it's just, this is a different way. And, uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, my first, my year in Japan, my, you know, first year in Japan is just, you know, getting used to that different way and learning to kind of anticipate it. Mm-hmm. Like it goes down as like as detailed as going into like a restaurant or like a ramen shop and just seeing how people eat the ramen, you know? Yeah. yeah. How do they sit? How do they use their chopsticks and. Do they pick up the bowl? <laughs> yeah, just every little thing about it you observe, and it's yeah, just all, I mean, there's so many little details that you, yeah that you just overlook talking about it. Yeah, there's there's nothing mysterious about it. I see exactly what you're saying, saying Daniel. There's there's nothing mysterious about it. We're all human. We all we're all doing the same thing in the end, and I guess that's kind of what makes it more interesting. Uh, well, anyway, I'm... anyway, how about <laughs> after your time studying in Japan, coming back to America? Like, how was that? 
I definitely had some reverse culture shock. Oh, really? I wouldn't say, I, you know, I didn't really struggle with it per se, but yeah, uh, I was shocked about many things that, you know, I had, I had lived in my own culture, you know, lived around my entire life, but I had never really seen, I guess. So uh, Japan was literally an eye-opening experience. Uh, mm. When I came back to America, back to Oklahoma, I was like, wow, uh, um, we really do eat a totally different kind of diet here, you know, and our <laughs> people really do look totally different. Uh, yeah. I thought it was normal to, to, to be like this or live like this. But uh, that's just one way, you know, to, to Japanese people or any, you know, any other people. Oklahoma is just just as shocking as, as uh, Japan is to a person from Oklahoma. Oklahoma is just just as shocking to somebody else from somewhere else around the world. That's something I, I didn't really get. And I guess it kind of maybe it's yeah, maybe it's kind of American to to think that you know like the american way is the only way or the best way i mean i know not everybody's def- necessarily thinks that way and i'm no, not I trying to be saying, political or anything like that but like uh, culturally you know it's like people don't think that you know it's like all the standards are up to the standard of how it is here at least among americans of course yeah so that was something, you know, that was something I re- that really opened my eyes was to know that, wow, there's totally other ways of, of doing stuff that, uh, <laughs> you know, probably our country wouldn't agree with, but to- works just fine. You know, the system works just fine. And there's and it also opens my eyes to know that all these other places that I haven't seen, there's a gazillion other ways of life out there that I have never witnessed but i know that they're out there so yeah the world seems i don't know a lot more varied i guess since coming back from japan yeah 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 i I can definitely see that um and it's it's definitely interesting coming back uh of course america is a very diverse country um but oh, you do see averages overall, you know, like on average, people tend to do things this way or that way. And even people who you know, very much disagree about some things have this huge amount of things in common. Um, yeah, that's true. And, and, and that's, that's something that's kind of a interesting to notice coming back to is, uh, you know, in Japan and, you know, after going there from America and being in Japan for that year, dur- during that time, it's like, oh, yeah, Japanese all do this thing the same way. Why Why do they do all the same way? Um, but then come back and look at Americans, and uh, a lot of us kind of do things the same way, too. And it's, I, I don't have a good example to give, but we do have ways of thinking and ways of doing things that are characteristic to us. Um, and uh, And then, of course, there's a lot of variation within that. I mean, just on average. Yeah, it's nothing um, you can really point out either. It's just something that yeah. we all have in common, and we just do it second nature. And yeah. 
you don't really notice until someone points it out to you that's not used to doing that. Yeah, yeah. I guess you know my my point going off on this tangent is it's just kind of a you know agreeing with what you say. You know, you you go to Japan and you come back and you're kind of surprised by how things are when you come back. Um, see, you see America more as a society, more as a culture, and less as the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I. After my time in Japan, I definitely had a deeper appreciation for my country and my culture because of what we're talking about. I saw yeah. it in a different yeah, light. I, yeah, I realized one. Well, here's just a kind of a specific example. Uh, okay. I realized that America is kind of cheap. It's, the cost that, of living here is cheap. I think. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, uh, fuel that over in true. Japan right now, you know, fuel is like is like three times as is expensive. Yeah, uh, the same amount of for the same amount of rent, you know, you can get an entire rent house in the states, but over here you get a <laughs> tiny microscopic apartment. Which, yeah, uh, as my family, when I video chat with my family, as as it was once commented by, by my aunt, she said it's like an RV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the kind of the memory I have of an RV. Ga- <laughs> yeah, kind of the memory I have of fuel prices in Japan is kind of you're paying the same amount, but not per gallon. You're paying it per liter. <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> how I feel like it is pretty much. Yeah, uh, they don't, but they don't have to go as far, and their cars are smaller and they're and more efficient yeah. at the same time too. But yeah, uh, which better be if you're paying highway fees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's just like driving you know, to Tulsa you, here in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, that was something that, you know, a specific example of something that I'd noticed. Yeah. Like, yeah uh, I don't think most Americans maybe, or I guess Western culture kind of realizes that, Hey, you know, in, in probably most of the world, people don't cool and heat their entire houses. Like that's, yeah, that's true. That's, that's luxury. That's, yeah. some, that's a luxury that's, that's, that's taken for granted. That's oh, very American. Man, I don't take it for granted control. anymore. <laughs> Yeah, we have to everywhere in America, and that's super American, I realized. That is one of the best things about America. (laughs) Sorry, greenhouse gases and stuff. (laughs) Actually, they should be thanking me because I'm making more of them. But um, (laughs) uh, on a side note, I did I did hear that they found evidence that the greenhouse that the hole in the ozone layer is healing. So, um, I can feel better about this. Um. Well, time yeah, to crank a, up your AC. Yeah, and beyond, beyond the, <laughs> you know, beyond just those things being cheaper, I think we are also uh, more inclined to seek out cheaper things. Like, uh, I mean, there's a reason why Walmart. There's a Walmart in every city, and the Walmart is one of the biggest stores in every city. Um, it's because we are willing to sacrifice quality in order to save money. At least I am as a college student. I can't speak for. Uh, you know, all the fashion queens and kings out there. I feel like that's <laughs> most, like that's kind of a general thing for America is that most people are like that. And I don't think that has much of a thing in Japan for sure. Yeah. I yeah and I, I'm not more than happy to pay for quality over there. Oh, yeah. Over here is definitely all about quality. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Expensive I'm, is okay. <laughs> With, although it's kind of funny, um, I was just taking a our friend uh, Lisa from Okinawa to Walmart 
And uh, she was talking about how she likes to always buy uh, the Great Value brand and how you, Tyler, hate the Great Value brand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I always make fun of her because of that. (laughs) So so I guess it's a... That's one case where it's slightly reversed, but I'm I'm for great value brand um, in a lot of things, in the things where quality doesn't matter too much. Uh, okay, what's, well, let's what's, get, what's next on our agenda here? Yeah, let's get back on topic here. Uh, <laughs> so once you graduated, you went back to Japan working in so what was your first job how was that how'd you get it let's hear that story uh so my first job was the english teaching route which is a very very common route uh to work in japan yeah the working it's it's hard to get a job in japan as a foreigner uh really the problem is the language you know it's You've got conversational Japanese and conversational reading and writing, which, you know, you can master after a while after some practice. But to take it to the next level for business and academic level and like translating, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a huge step. That's a really huge step. Another level. To this day, I still, you know, I I still don't feel really confident enough to to take it to that level. But yeah. in effect, that makes it to where, you know, there's really, unless you're a very highly skilled professional, like, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or engineer or something like that, there's really not jobs available over here for most people, except yeah, for English teaching. So that's how, you know, I'd say, you know, a huge percentage of people end up coming to Japan uh, post call, you know, post school route is teaching English and I was one of the same people before I you know when I wanted to go over there consider different options basically you can you can study in Japan you can get married or you can teach English that's (laughs) I mean yeah it's a little it's more complicated than that but that really does cover the main routes and I I hope and wish that it opens up more but yeah that's uh, something that I see Oh, you continue. We have a bit of a lag here. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Well, anyway, yeah, so I, I searched online for jobs. Uh, there's an ever shortage of that kind of stuff online. So I found one, got it all set up. Finally, the day came, you know, moved, got rid of all my stuff at home, which I had been in the process of getting rid of my stuff over time. So got everything down to two suitcases and said goodbye to my family and and moved and uh the company that i was working for over there uh was which was actually in matsumoto i I went back to matsumoto again yeah uh you know was there to help me to receive me and help me get initially set up with my apartment and stuff so they helped me through the first you know basically onboarding onboard process and then uh, after you know a week or two, I started working. Hmm. Uh, as far as uh, as far as you know, there not being many jobs for foreigners in uh, Japan because of the language barrier. That's that's something I really noticed actually at the university at Shinsu University. Um, 
like here at OSU, you probably remember a lot of the professors are um, international. Um, we have a lot of professors from China, from India, from Korea, from, you know, you name it, Russia. Um, and I, I think for me, actually, my American professors have been the minority. <laughs> um, but in Japan, all your professors are Japanese, uh, with the exception of Yon Sensei, who is Korean. <laughs> Um, the uh, foreign professors are normally the ones who either teach English or teach in English. And yeah, that, that's kind of reflective of that language barrier, I think. You know, I wonder if yeah. this has to do with like English speakers having a higher tolerance for non-native English speakers. Yeah, that's my theory. Um, and, and to kind of, you know, expound on that, make it easier to see what we're saying um we can hear someone speaking with an indian accent or chinese accent or russian accent you know all this pretty much every accent and we've heard it before so we can understand right. it usually with some work but you speak to someone in japanese and your accent's not good a lot of times they just won't understand you at all yes and i, I think it's because that. they don't hear many uh, people speaking to them with a bad accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, we're English is a global language, and that's kind of one of the consequences. Yeah, we're kind of we're lucky, aren't we, to to be native English speakers? You know, that's something that yeah. it's our blessing and our curse. Makes <laughs> <laughs> it harder to learn other languages because it's harder to get that motivation. Yeah. And, you know, and there there are plenty of people and I've met people who, you know, I'm very impressed with who are, you know, very smart, you know, very highly intelligent when it comes to learning languages. And their Japanese is beautiful, flawless. You know, they can yeah. they can do on the fly translation. They can talk about astrophysics in Japanese. Wow. That's amazing. You know, and I think anybody, even if even if you uh didn't have a highly academic background if you did put in the time and the practice to get to that level that would open up many doors to work at other kinds of, you know just any any oh, yeah. uh, type of job you can think of so yeah, you know i'm actually looking for a job right now in hokkaido uh living in hokkaido and uh and struggling with the fact that you know it's like wow even after all this time my japanese is still not good enough to or at least I don't feel confident enough to work in a lot of just basically, you know, different kinds of sectors and stuff. Yeah. Or what I was doing back in the States or something. Uh, have you ever considered government work? Like applying to be, to work at an embassy or something? I mean, it's, it's not quite as impossible a barrier as I, as it seems, I believe. Um, yeah, I heard it's mean, like, actually it's a very popular route for foreigners. Really? Like right after English teaching. Uh, yeah. No, I actually, I actually really hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I, I, I saw some go to the embassy, job, though. Yeah, I saw some brochures about it um, at OSU, and I thought, huh, I, I thought you had to have, you know, rich friends and, uh, you know, uh, make huge contributions to the president's uh, campaign or something to uh, – Get these squishy jobs. Wait, you don't. No, uh, you didn't make accessible. a huge contribution to the president's campaign. No, not this time. Um, <laughs> I was a. Uh, I was too busy being a poor college student. 
<laughs> so, did we go over your first job? No, we have. Uh, well, I just introduced it. Yeah, so I started I working at a, a very small A Kaiwa. They took me on. It was like this. This business was only about. Oh, I think you know. There's probably like five teachers there. Okay, I'm going to interject teachers. just for a moment to say A sure. Kaiwa is an English school. It means English. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Okay, <laughs> after school program English school. Yeah, it's not like an actual public school. It's a, it's like piano school? classes. Yeah, or like karate, classes, but English. English, but learning English. That that's yeah, probably yeah. the way I would relate to it. About once All a right. week, students come for one hour and they study English. Anyways, yes, yeah, right. so I got a again. job at this small English school, uh, mostly young, mostly kids students, and uh, I'll be totally honest, it was a complete nightmare. <laughs> uh, it was. <laughs> I, I, I ended up quitting that job after a little of three, three to four months. I ended up quitting because I was losing my mind. Yeah, I, uh, um, I, I did. It was that. a total nightmare. I just, I, it, it was some of, some of it was maybe my fault, maybe some of their fault. I'm not trying to blame what was or say so that company was terrible. Bad. Well, I, the, the training was just, uh, just basically shadowing, just being in the classroom with some, with another teacher, you know, and I did that for like two weeks and just kind of watched how some different teachers taught these classes. Uh-huh. And uh, I would say my class is probably about 80% kids, you know, all the way from like almost infant to uh, like middle school. Yeah. And then like this... 20% was like older college students or even a few adult classes. Okay. Was this in but, uh, Matsumoto? Yes, it was in Matsumoto. And, uh, I mean, I had, I was super pumped and super energetic and, you know, show up to work early. And I mean, I was totally, of course, excited to start my whole new life in Japan. So I was devastated when I got there and the, these classes were just, there were so many of them, you know, it was like five or six classes a day with a little tiny break between it. And you had to write all these notes, every student Every student, every class, you had to write notes about mm. them. So I was like frantically writing these notes during the class even. And uh, I guess I was just overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed. Uh, most of my younger students were totally out of control. Yeah. Which, you know, that's, you know, maybe that's my fault. I'm the teacher. I should be able to do that. But I wasn't, for whatever reason, I wasn't able to, to, hand, to, to manage the classroom, most of the classrooms. And it was yeah, just I, I, going downhill, you know, you know, week by week it was going downhill and I got to where I was like, I couldn't sleep and was feeling sick and stuff. And I literally, I mean, I even considered going back, back to back home. I mean, I, I was completely devastated and heartbroken. I couldn't believe what, believe it happened, but, uh, I, I did end up quitting. I did end up quitting and found a job at another small Akai one nearby and I didn't have I had a totally opposite experience 
Huh. It was awesome. I mean, with the class, yeah, I love teaching the classes. The kids were a lot better. So your mileage may vary. Yeah, I I uh, taught at two different English classes um, during my time in Japan. Um, one was a uh, oh, I can't remember what that town was called. Tyler, you don't remember? Maybe it was in the Azumino area, wasn't it? I don't remember. Yeah, exactly yeah, it was, what it was called though. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not important. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, I was in Azumino, um, taught in a small town there uh, with uh, the actual teacher in the room. And I, I was kind of mm-hmm. guiding things and then just having her kind of give some direction on where to go from there. And she's able to kind of keep the children in order. <laughs> and they were fairly orderly as it was anyway. Um, and then I also um, taught a few lessons for uh, our mutual friend in Matsumoto. And uh, uh, that didn't go well for me. I <laughs> really. How, I what cannot control. I cannot control um, uh, if a bunch of four-year-olds or however old they were. I'm assuming they were about four. <laughs> I cannot yeah. control that kind of environment. <laughs> um, so well, especially if you're not kids. if you're not the mother and you don't have the Japanese. I, you know that was yeah. an issue that I had. Was like you know even though I spoke Japanese to a little kid, they don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny when you when you're speaking to a, a young child. You know, I don't learn children child level Japanese. I'm speaking at an adult level, um, you know, using adult vocabulary. And that yeah. means I can't actually, a lot of the words I'm using, they haven't learned how to use yet. They don't uh, even know yet. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and, so and, and, you know, and they respond better to female teacher, you know, that usually the kids respond yeah, better to female teachers than male teachers. Yeah. And yeah, there's definitely, I think there's definitely, and, and some people are just a lot better at that, you know, managing a class like that. But I think there's definitely some improvements that could may, be made in the overall English uh, class world as far as like throwing, you know, throwing a, a new teacher in there or inexperienced yeah. teacher with a bunch of rambunctious children. It can definitely be really stressful and take a lot of your energy. But then, but yeah. then on the flip side, you've got, it's just, you know, it's the luck of the draw. You've got classes where the kids are like little angels, you know? So yeah, I think generally they'll, they'll try to put all the difficult kids in one class and they'll put <laughs> all the, the, you know, gentler children in another class instead of mixing yeah, them they, up. They don't cross contaminate. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause what will end up happening is that, you know, the noisy kid will end up, you know, just basically destroying the whole class but yeah so that and i i struggled i struggled, and even throughout my teaching after that i struggled with that quite a bit but uh nothing like that first job that i had and you know i'm not going to name the place or anything i don't feel any ill will against that place but yeah uh, it can be very demoralizing it was hard <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was terrible starting. quitting that job. Well, at the end of the day, you know, you're only human. You can only yeah. do what you can do. And, I mean, uh, at the same time, I don't want to discourage anybody. It's as good as a deal for them as this for you. Like, they don't want someone that doesn't isn't good at the job, not as, let alone doesn't like the job working there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
So it's well, and it, I, ho I hope to not discourage anybody from trying that. Uh, it's you know, yeah, it's I mean, especially already good with kids. It's a it's a good way. I'm I don't know what to do with kids. They're strange animals to me. I don't know what to do with kids. <laughs> and we are strange animals to Japanese kids. Besides those first two Aikaiwa jobs, did you do anything else while you lived yeah, there? So after doing Aikaiwa for a while, uh, and I don't know for a couple of years, you know, I did. I was just just Aikaiwa, and then I kind of wanted to try some different things. Uh, I had the opportunity to do to make some websites, uh, so I made a few websites on the side. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually kind of volunteered at this intern company, or not? Sorry, not intern. I kind of volunteered at a uh, marketing company and got some experience doing different stuff there, but it wasn't a source of income. Uh, is that, I is worked that our mutual it, friends company? Yes. Okay. Uh, and I had the opportunity at one point to work in the study abroad office at Shinshu University. Yeah. Uh, I think really because of the connections I had made from being a student there, you know, I still knew, I still knew this, the office staff and to this day still kind of know them. Uh, they knew at one point I was looking for a job and they let me, I only took it for six months, uh, but they let me basically be an office assistant in a, in the Japanese study abroad office nice. at Shinshu University. So I, I got to experience, you know, I wore business clothes every day and showed up and uh, sat <laughs> at my desk. It was probably way too hot in the winter. <laughs> uh yeah their heating and cooling can be a little i was actually they cold love a lot blasting of times, those but... heaters in the winter yeah uh it's a so bothersome i don't know i i didn't i it was a six-month contract and i ended up i ended up not renewing it just because there was this giant these giant windows right behind my desk yeah and every day, you know, I could see the reflection on my my monitor of outside of the trees and stuff. And I was just <laughs> it was dry. It was the first office job I'd ever had. And I realized, you know, office jobs don't agree with me. And it was driving me crazy to just see the outdoors, you know, through the reflection on my monitor. And I was like, oh, I can't, I to I can't jump out keep the doing this. <laughs> so, so, uh, so your next decided your next job to not do that. <laughs> and then I also had the opportunity to do uh, work at an apple orchard for three wow. seasons, which is, you know, their, their harvest season lasts for several months, kind of in the fall, late summer to fall season. Yeah. So I did that for three different seasons on the side. Uh, and I always kept some form of English, either English conversation school or working at a public school which is there's really two kinds of english teaching working yeah, at an yeah. english conversation school which is like karate class or uh actually being a teaching assistant in an actual japanese school in an english class so the japanese hmm. teacher will teach the lessons and then 
refer to you to, you know, help peace or uh, do different stuff, you know, talk, you know, have little conversations with the students. <laughs> so, yeah, that was basically the different jobs I did. I was always looking for something new. Yeah, it sounds like you really got around with career-wise over there. Yeah. yeah. And was this, did this all take place in Matsumoto? Or did you like vary cities around the year? Yeah, this is, well, the apple orchard is uh, actually outside of Matsumoto a little ways. Right, it's an orchard. But other than that, no, actually, one of the schools, I take, I take all that back. So, you know, Matsumoto's stretches out so far, then there's like the next city. But the space between Matsumoto and the next city is filled with city. So I'd say they were all in the Matsumoto area or surrounding areas. Okay. Yeah, there's no like real countryside in Japan like there is in America. Like if Japanese yeah, they, people tell call... you that there's countryside, you're actually just going to like a smaller town. It's not an yeah, actual they... countryside. They call all of Matsumoto countryside, and they're like yeah, high-rise I thought buildings. Matsumoto right is countryside at the stations. But like Matsumoto has a population of five hundred thousand or something, doesn't it? Yeah. How can yeah. How can you call it countryside when there are high-rise buildings? Sorry, I, I completely said the opposite thing of what I wanted to say. I thought oh. Matsumoto was a big city. Oh, okay, okay. That but they said, yeah, so, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. What I meant to say was I thought Matsumoto was a huge city, but everybody called it countryside. Huh. But it was actually the biggest city I had ever lived in. So I walked around and I was like, like whoa, big city. Look at <laughs> the, the tall buildings. And they were just, just laughing at me, you know. When the Japanese students came to Stillwater, Oklahoma, and they were like, wow, this place is so countryside. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in Oklahoma, Stillwater is a city, you know? Yeah, you see winds over there? That's 12 floors. This isn't countryside. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or not winds, Drummond. Well, in winds a place again. that's so densely populated like Japan, <laughs> unless you come from a densely populated area then it's it's just a whole new experience tokyo osaka then it's countryside yeah (laughs) pretty much tokyo to me tokyo is like a space city i mean it just the the amount of tunnels and concrete yeah byways and stairways and corridors and stuff that just like it's all interconnected underneath yeah, and it's really on a whole other level. Yeah. Yeah. Sapporo's kind of Sapporo has an, an area like that. So, so sorry, Sapporo is where I live now in Hokkaido. Mm-hmm. It's the fifth largest city in Japan. Uh, they have these underground tunnels here, and those completely blow my mind. I mean, it's you can walk for. 30, 40, 50 minutes underground just going from oh, place wow. to place. Yeah, I, and they I have didn't these... notice this because... Oh, go on. Well, I was just going to say they have these, you know, they have entire shopping districts underground. Uh, several several different, you know, areas, several different districts, and they all have a different look to the, the tunnels. 
they have these beautiful mosaic tiling in some areas with you know glass staircases that go up to the surface Mm. it's quite amazing i've been interjecting whenever i hear kind of a pause but with the latency it ends up uh transmitting while you're still talking (laughs) when you start that's okay we are um thousands of miles away so yeah when i was a when i was in sapporo um last year yeah I, I didn't even notice the tunnels that you were talking about because when i went underground i was just going on a train <laughs> um of course there was you know above the ground there were um there was a snow festival so um i, I was going to spend most of my time above the ground <laughs> yeah it's a Pretty cool. Well, here okay, they so, have, um, they have, it's like three levels of, of underground tunneling, basically. It's like you go to the, you know, from the surface level to the subsurface level. And then from there, you can go to the underground walkway level. And then you go down one more level to the <laughs> subway line area. So sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's these really tall elevate uh, escalators, you know, that just like yeah, looks like a mountain when you look it up when you're riding them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, so one thing we've been wanting to ask about is a uh, what? Okay. So you've studied in Japan and you've lived and worked in Japan. What's the difference? I mean, what what when you went back to live in Japan? What were the immediate differences to you in that new lifestyle? Your new perception of Japan, your new As role in Japan. compared to studying there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've got less free time, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, more responsibility. Uh, you know, I'd say the you know, once once you're working, it's it's just like in the United States. The difference between a student or working is definitely, you know, there's pressure to be an adult, and you know, you've got to make a living. You got to pay your apartment rent and pay your bills. So there's more adult pressure, <laughs> like that, adulting yeah. pressure. I guess you could just say normal adult life stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so that's pretty expected, probably. Uh, hmm. 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 Well, what do you like? What kind of differences do you mean? Well, the first thing that I exactly could kind sure. of think of would be like when you're studying abroad, you kind of have a sense of community with the other classmates. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily have that when you're working there. Is is that? true I, uh, I mean that's just something that that's I, true yeah that's that I that's actually yeah like basically you're right, you're right yeah i felt like as a student you know since i'm put in this class with other people in my situation maybe and mostly from other countries like china korea and so on i feel like my friends were kind of a tailor-made they were made for me i i didn't have to go out and make friends they were there um, but if you're living and working in Japan, you, you don't have that experience, right? You have to make more of an effort to meet people. That was my feeling. Yeah, that's that's totally true. I actually hadn't really 
caught up with that aspect, but you're right. Uh, that's, that is a huge difference because when you're an exchange student, you know, you've got this support network. Yeah. Uh, and people that, you know, your same age and stuff who also have lots of free time that you can hang out with <laughs> or not hang out with. If you don't want to, uh, so, you know, there's at least a large pool of people to potentially hang out with and have a social network with. But yeah, when you go to work on your own outside of work environment, what you do is, is up to yourself. Uh, if you don't want to make any friends, then you won't have, you won't have any friends or yeah. if you just want to you know, walk around the mountains and do your own thing. You can do that. It's so whatever uh, you want to do, you have to be proactive about it is kind of what I'm taking from this. Yeah, that's, I definitely say that's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, so, uh, what else? well, okay. Let's, let's build on this a little bit. How do you go about making friends as a shakaijin, as a, a contributor to society in Japan? <laughs> well, the traditional Japanese way, go, drinking. go to pubs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a major part of Japanese culture it is like, you know. Yeah. And they call, yeah, they call it here, they call it nomunication, which <laughs> nomu means in Japanese means drink mixed with the word communication they call it no communication because sometimes you got to be liquored up just to get people to open up (laughs) now that you say Uh, that that's definitely not the only way definitely not the only way to make that but i realized that all my friends outside of university when i was studying there were i met at the bar at elbow (laughs) (laughs) well yeah and i yeah, because if you want to make friends, you know, you like Japanese people, Japanese culture is pretty different from Western culture in the aspect of, you know, you don't just randomly start having a conversation with a person who's sitting next to you or nearby or that maybe you even meet every day. Like if there's no reason to be talking with them, you know, you're generally in generally, uh, a Japanese person wouldn't ask another Japanese person who they don't know, like, Hey, who are you? You know, what, what are you doing? Where do you live? Where are you from? So it's hard, you know, it's harder for you. If you did that as a foreigner, you know, you can get away with that somewhat, but I could imagine, I could see that being somewhat awkward if you're just trying to do that out at random when you're not in some kind of a setting where it's expected that, these foreigners are maybe going to be trying to talk to you or something. Yeah. Or maybe even be taken off as like kind of weird or something. I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of foreigners in Japan can at times have trouble making friendships here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. Uh, And and if you don't drink, then, you know, then... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it can maybe even be a little harder. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying that's yeah. definitely not the only way, but if you look up, like, in, you know, I've been trying, you know, trying to figure out how to make a, a new set of friends here in Hokkaido, and I found that there's lots of, uh, like, meetup groups that I found, you know, like meetup.com or whatever has, like, different mm-hmm. 
groups of foreigners and the badminton club and the hiking club and the snowboarding club. So there's, you know, I think there's options out there, Hmm. but uh, yeah, if you come here to work, that's all on you to you're leaving your whole set of your family and friends behind other than calling them. You've got to make a new family. I think, I think that's part of what's really exciting about, uh, going abroad is that you are starting from nothing and you're building up a new life. You're building up, you get to be, be whoever you want to be. If you are willing to put in the energy and the effort to be that person. Um, and, and that's not just Japan. That's anywhere you go. Just, you could move to another state and it's the same thing. Just be a new person. Um, and I don't know. That was, that was part of this thrill for me. I'm starting from nothing and becoming independent it's you gain a lot of confidence finding your way in a new country kind of reinventing yourself yeah 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 it is uh it is literally a journey i mean it's it's a journey you know i think back you know in historical times people used to leave their families before emails and and letters and stuff yeah. You know, maybe like a fisherman or something might go or a trapper would go trapping for like three or four years <laughs> and then they would come back. And sometimes that might be the last time they ever see their family, just start a whole new life somewhere. Else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I can see my family again someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, this is the these are much more connected times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, te- technology is amazing. We are having this conversation from almost direct opposite sides of the globe. Over there, it's sunny. Over here, it's pitch black outside. Um, and we have some latency, but that's, you know, we're fundamentally limited by the speed of light, and that's about it. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I always think, especially doing a video chat, this is even more amazing. Yeah. So well, yeah, is there the barriers else you want to add on to living long term in Japan, or just living in Japan in general? Anything comments you want to add? Well, it's it's not for everybody, <laughs> but it's to me. I feel like it's when it's fun. It's ten times as fun. The fun is like 10 times more extreme. And when it's hard, it's like 10 times harder because hmm. there's all these new variables, you know, that are in your everyday life. So out of, to me, that's attractive. You know, I, I like the challenge of living here and, and adapting to a totally new place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you really do. You have to learn how to walk again. It's everything is new. But for some people, uh, that's enjoyable. Yeah, it's, I mean, even after all these years, it's still, I still feel like I've, there's so much left to explore and that I don't understand. And, you know, one thing that's, one thing that has been really fascinating that I didn't realize would happen until several years after like speaking Japanese and making Japanese friends and then getting, you know, getting to the Japanese. Japanese language level to where I could really deeply connect with 
with Japanese people and and make some truly lifelong, you know, best friends, Japanese best friends. Uh, at some point, you know, it feels like year after year, the more the more that I can communicate in Japanese, the more that I learn about Japanese people that I that I didn't know before. Yeah. And it's yeah. so cool to see this this different side of Japanese people that, you know, it's like, wow, I, at first I thought they were just like cold and shy or something. But, you know, and then after you get to a certain level that you realize you kind of can communicate better and understand better, like what's going in, in, on inside of their head. And it's like, wow, I never I never knew it was like that. You know, I just thought it was like this from looking at the surface. So. You know, there's different levels of of getting to know a culture and a people and language. That's yeah. There's no. I still feel like I'm I'm learning. You just have to experience it in in their language. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there's really there's no there's no way to uh, easily explain a lot of the things that I've like learned about Japanese people and Japanese culture since I've been here. Which just an experience. I guess at some point you have to kind of think in Japanese, and not not necessarily the language. But you have to like think in as a Japanese person right. to kind of understand what's what's going on inside their heads. And it's fascinating. Yeah, I'm still still learning new stuff all the time. I'm actually pretty excited to to see what happens next. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. It's, Ah, so yeah, living living in Sapporo must be quite a bit different than Nagano, but we will definitely get to that someday. Um, I feel like in the future we're going to have a lot to say about Sapporo. Um, so yeah, you're you're kind of starting a, a whole new journey there right now. But uh, let's. Yep, let's, I've uh, only been on. here since uh, New Year's actually, or the day yeah. after New Year's. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to bring you back on the show sometime to. Uh, to talk about that once you've uh, had more time to, you know, find your way around there um, and not have the plague like you currently do. <laughs> yeah, sorry if my um, voice sounds weird. Oh been no, you don't. For several days. Uh, no, you don't. You don't sound weird at all. It's just that I know that you haven't been able to get out for a little while. <laughs> so, uh, so we're, we're going to ask you just a, a few, uh, you know, kind of standard questions that probably. Anyone's going to ask you about Japan, especially Japanese people. <laughs> yeah. Before we wrap uh, this up, we just want to hit some basics here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. The first one, probably something. Yeah, I kind of. I feel asked. like we've been talking a lot on the on the uh, like high intellectual level with not as many details about everyday Japanese life. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something you've probably been asked lots of times, and every time you probably have no idea what to answer. You probably have to always think about it and always end up on the same answer. That way. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so here it is. What is your favorite food in Japan? Okay. So you're already pausing. <laughs> <laughs> if you could see like my stream of consciousness, this this row of foods just is flying by yeah. right now. But but you've been asked yeah. this a lot, right? <laughs> okay. I'm I'm gonna cheat a little bit with my answer. Okay. Uh, Better not say Japanese food. I <laughs> I like Japanese set meals, which are also okay. known as a teishoku, teishoku which oh, is yeah. 
It's it's just a tray of food that's got a bowl of rice, a bowl of miso soup, some pickles, and then it'll have some other stuff. Usually some meat, you know, and salad and stuff, but not you know whatever. Right, what's basically the clarity, main dish is kind of yeah, different. Yeah, then you have karaoke and you have a. <laughs> we're, just we're, for we're clarity, about, we're talking about says, <laughs> when he says pickles, he doesn't mean like traditional american pickles it means just pickled vegetables in general yeah yeah typically sorry japanese japanese pickles yeah the places we've gone to it's usually a pickled japanese radish which is uh called daikon i I don't remember what the pickled thing is called um but the vegetable itself is called daikon um so yeah you're talking about kano you like kano right (laughs) well no i mean because you know set meals are Everywhere. Yeah, Tinkshakus are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but Kano's good and <laughs> cheap. And I would, you know, I love, I love a good, I, I love a good set meal because it's got everything you need. Usually, you know, it's usually going to have some fried food, some fried meat, yeah. or fried something on there, and usually it'll have a uh, like shredded lettuce or shredded cabbage is almost always the vegetable that you get. Yeah, that's like their go-to then, over there something you know the very you know it the variation is not that extreme among all different set meals but uh you just can't hard to go wrong with it with a set meal or a set what what do you call it a set what is teishoku in english mean like a set um, plate set i don't know i don't know what you call it a yeah. set meal it's like a tray I, I, that, that, this a is a little translation yeah, I mean, like tay, tay and teishoku is like is like set, fixed, uh, standardized. Yeah. So like standardized <laughs> food. food. Yeah, <laughs> standardized food. Yeah, and well, now, and now the standardized like part is from Soviet Russia or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lining up for our standardized bread and <laughs> oh, no, that's a <laughs> that's a throwback there, but uh, no. yeah. But of course, the among all teishokus, as you two well know. The most delicious teishoku comes from a sweet old lady, an old man who run a small little teishoku shop called Kano in Matsumoto. Yes. Yeah, between the, the Shinshu there is a small little joint in Matsumoto that we all love called Kano. Yep. And that is where my love of teishokus originates. Yeah, I would say I probably ate there. No exaggeration, at least two hundred times, probably more than that. <laughs> it is very good, um, and, is and the so chicken much. there. I haven't had chicken the way that they make it anywhere else in Japan or anywhere else. Oh, no, period. It's so unique and so delicious. Need to have I someone think it's in the recipe. batter. Need I need that batter? Need that batter recipe? <laughs> <laughs> all uh, right so now we're going to get a little more general moving on from food before i get too hungry <laughs> what yeah. is your favorite thing and least favorite thing about japan in general you could only say one thing for each hmm uh, my favorite thing, this is kind of abstract. Uh, my favorite thing about Japan is the fact that 
you know, I'm over here out of, out of my own culture, out of my elements, able to live my life, express myself, be my own person without any kind of cultural restraints, either Western culture or Japanese culture, because I'm not Japanese. So I'm not really restrained by their cultural barriers and not my own either. Cause it's Japan. So <laughs> it feels totally freeing. I mean, I feel like I can express myself, be my own person. Uh, you know, I've do my own thing as much as before. possible. I've never heard that expressed before, but that is one of my favorite things about it. And I, and I just realized that after yes. you worded it that way. Yeah, I, yeah, I did feel very free in Japan. It, it wasn't like I was abusing that freedom. It's not like I was doing, you know, what, what they call gaijin smash. I, I wasn't taking advantage of you know, my freedom as a foreigner, or at least that is the lack of expectations placed on me. It's just, a there was overall a sense of freedom that we don't have here. Not so much because of lack of expectations as different expectations. Yeah. There's, there's no expectations. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was, yeah, you know, totally you can do anything you want to. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, to me, I think that's probably at the root of a lot of, you know, the reason why a lot of people choose to come to Japan is to, you know, get away from some kind of pressure, you know. Oh, yeah, I've I've heard that. From their own culture or whatnot, you know, that wasn't necessarily what I was trying to get away from or anything like that. But, yeah, I do enjoy the fact that it's just like there's no there's no wrong answers. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, unless you're a criminal or something, but or Logan Paul, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not yeah, so, yeah. Anymore. Some some people take their their uh, <laughs> fact that they're a foreigner. You know, they don't. Yeah, you know, I think it's important to respect respect the place as a visitor. Ultimately, you know, even if respect. you live here for a long time. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm I, no more Logan and Paul. And stop memeing. <laughs> least favorite thing huh yeah let's hear that one now <sighs> mm, mm, mm. least favorite thing hmm that's a tough one I'm not sure what I don't like the most hmm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you might just have to cut out this giant long space. <laughs> nope, nope, you're stuck with it. We're, we're... <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, someday we'll have a someone with a soundboard um, on very good salary. Pressing no wrong answers. Things for us. <laughs> just like, uh, like that's the first negative thing. That you can think of right now. I mean, I, I could list a few off the top of my head. Um, like I could talk about um, the cost of gas heating. Why were there gas heaters in my apartment <laughs> and not an electric heater? <laughs> um, oh, okay. I'll tell you. I can tell you some. I don't know if it's. You know, I, I think I'd have to think really hard and deep to literally. Maybe I'm taking it too seriously. 
literally say my least favorite thing, but something that definitely is on the top of the list is okay. the lack of like public free space and just space around houses and okay, you know, like there's yeah. no people don't they don't have you know yards here where they like water their grass mm. or they or have like acres of land. Uh, well, I mean there are a few places like that, but in general, it's like, I mean if you're walking anywhere, it's it's like that's the little sidewalk that you have to walk on right there. There's like these little paths that you have to travel down, and yeah, uh, every house is just like you know I could open my window right now. I could probably jump from this window to the next apartment over there uh that would yeah i did probably be that'd probably throw me get me put in jail but uh <laughs> oh hey i mean that could be that could be your uh, that, claim to fame but uh yeah I, I did get the feeling that a lot of you know in japan or at least in uh, matamoto pe- people who had lawns were either farmers like they had rice planted there or they were rich that's the impression i got yeah so yeah, it's like, you know, and that kind of maybe also a little bit kind of lack of privacy. Like you're always because everything is so clustered together that you're always just surrounded by a gazillion people and lots of buildings and stuff. So yeah. sometimes it, it, I could say it feels a little cramped. And there there are beautiful countryside places here too, but compared to the U.S., I mean, you can't compare it to the U.S. You, can, you probably can't blast your speakers there because you probably have neighbors above, below, and to either side of you. Yeah, actually, the the nice, sweet old lady that lives above us, I can hear her using the sticky roller on her wooden floor <laughs> every afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be one of the things that would be frustrating. And I'm afraid, that, you know, it's in, you know, it's actually not noise or anything, but it's just like I'm afraid that even you know doing jumping jacks i was like wow am i am i shaking like the whole three rooms surrounding me or you know. okay yeah i i remember uh there was a time someone was complaining at the kai con about the person above them doing jumping jacks um, <laughs> really? Kaikon is the international dorm in shindai yeah yeah and of course in any apart you know just apartment living that's a, that's an issue but uh do feel even like outside of the outside of the building you know it's just parks are very <laughs> small there's very yeah. there's just not many places where you can just go and tuck you know tuck away somewhere and just be on your own or, or yeah i've always wondered kind of like somewhere in private if i wanted to go practice baseball and play catch with my friend like where are you gonna do that at you know <laughs> <sighs> i don't know yeah. That's a good you, you can't just go out and do that in Japan. That's definitely a negative huh. for sure. Yeah, yeah so I, I kind of miss really that. that. If you are near the mountains, you're a little bit lucky because you can just you can walk up in the mountains and there's space up there too. But technically, you know, you're probably trespassing. <laughs> like I remember when I was a kid, I would go to the baseball field with my friends and we would, you know, hit the ball, play catch practice baseball but you can't just leave at any time and do that in japan like i think you have to pay money just to use the baseball field and go practice Hmm. not only that you're gonna have to schedule it beforehand and you're gonna be with your whole team you can't just hop on there with a few friends 
Yeah, so that's that's something I miss. Yeah. So yeah, well, okay, yeah, I can definitely see that. Any closing remarks? Uh, <laughs> if you've been thinking about traveling abroad, even if it's not Japan, even if it's it's a you know it can be expensive, hard, or challenging to to make that jump. But uh, you know, I'm not even necessarily pushing Japan, but I would recommend from the bottom of my heart, if you're ever thinking about living abroad, traveling abroad, studying abroad, do it. You won't regret it. Now is the time. Uh, it can open up a whole new world, literally, that you didn't even know about. And that's a good uh, note to end on. It is. I completely agree with that. So thank you for listening. Um, and I believe that's the end of this ep- episode. Tune in next week for episode five, Topic Undecided. <laughs> All right. Have a great week. That lemon cancels out the awfulness of the water pretty well. Lemon cancels out your bomb's awfulness pretty well. Ooh! <laughs> oh, snap, son!